Welcome to Clear the Clutter. My name is Margaret, and this podcast is where I give you practical and spiritual advice to get your time back so you can finally spend it how you really want. Hello, hello. Welcome to today's episode. So today's episode, we are going to be diving into who is benefiting from you staying small. So other people might say like, oh, I usually just be the gentle observer and things take time and blah, blah, you know, enter excuses X, Y, and Z here. When we are changing, when we are feeling called to expand, because for me, it's not necessarily a change, right? For me, it starts with a feeling or like a, a vibe. I don't know how else to call it. Like it feels like an um, outside awareness that I'm being called to expand, that I'm being called to change my mindset around business, my mindset around money, my mindset around taking care of myself, my mindset around my family. I'm being called to grow. And it's it's been interesting because when I was in my 20s, I would ignore it. And I, so I always used to joke that the universe would figure out how to get my way, get, get in my way. The universe would figure out how to get my attention. And it would start out with little nudges and little huhs. And then it would feel like the universe like was like, think of it this way. So I felt like I was standing in front of the universe. The universe is behind me and the universe is trying to get my attention. And then they would be like, hey, hey, hey. And I would ignore it. And then they would take a little baby pebble and then they kind of chuck it at me and I'd ignore it. And then they're like, hmm, she's ignoring me. And then they get a bigger rock and a bigger rock and a bigger rock. And they're chucking all these rocks at me. And I'm actively like defending myself and ignoring it and figuring out how to put my head in the sand and saying, la, 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 la. And then it would come to the point of where the universe is like, oh, really? Okay, well, I'm going to get your intention now. Boom, here's a boulder. And so I've learned that when I feel this desire or this awareness that it's time to expand, Instead of waiting for the boulder to smack me, I'm like, okay, I'm listening. I'm listening at the whisper stage. It's like, oh, you want me to change? Okay, okay, let's let's change. I, I have learned my lesson. Um, and I say that with that kind of like funny haha, but kind of weird energy. Because the last time I did that and I didn't listen, I broke my freaking arm. So, okay, here's the story behind it. I've talked about my broken arm, I've talked about all the things that have come with it. I don't know I've told you guys this story. So I'd been feeling called to expand and I had been feeling this nudge and this nudge and this nudge. And I'm like, oh, that's not realistic. Oh, I haven't been in IT long enough. Oh, X, Y, and Z, enter excuses here. I'm just going to kind of bury my head and ignore everything. And this feeling will just go away because I didn't take it seriously. Well, we were sitting around, Ben and I were sitting around with a couple of friends. And this was a dark conversation, but we were like, oh, what bones would you break or what limbs would you lose for X amount of money? And I, I, I remember this so freaking clearly. I was like, yeah, I break my arm for $100,000. Yeah. You know, obviously I, I'm not available for losing any limbs, but a broken arm can heal, right? And I remember clearly saying that. And then, oh God, like three or four months later, boom, I broke my arm. And I'm like, are you mother freaking kidding me? So it's not like I actually got paid $100,000 because 90 something or whatever percent went to, you know, expenses and medical bills. And then I lost my job because of it. So my entire world got turned upside down. But I can very clearly link multiple different scenarios of because I was unwilling to change, because I was unwilling to listen to the call to expand. And I 
deeply put my head in the ground. The universe figured out how to get my attention. And there was, it was creepy too, because right before I broke my arm, there were a couple of really close calls and I did not pay attention to it. And normally I know I don't really talk about the woo because I think that there's also a woo and a practical side to this, right? So the practical thing could have been, I could have not been driving on the road that day. I could have not chosen to stay late that day and be a little overachiever. I could have done this, this, there's all these things I could have done, done differently, right? But I know that it was the only way the universe was able to get my attention because right after I got my attention and broke my arm, so many things shifted and changed and like snapped into place. It was like, oh God, that was kind of creepy how fast that went into place. It gave me almost whiplash. So I have learned that it's not necessarily who is just benefiting from you staying small, but the universe will figure out how to get your mother freaking attention if you're staying small. And at that point, it goes back to, you know, it's it's more of a cost than a a choice. It's more of a cost than it is a benefit or uh, easy to stay small because what are you losing? Are you going to have some bigger, obviously not everyone's going to break their arm, right? But like, is some bigger thing going to figure out how to get your attention? Are you going to have a scare? Are you going to have a whatever? Something is going to figure out how to get your attention, especially when you're called. So instead of staying small, let's go ahead and figure out how to get you to recognize A, the calling, whatever the calling is, right? And then B, how to slowly step out of it so that that way you can expand. So that way you recognize that there is a cost of staying small. And it's, I go back to, it's not just the metaphysical or the spiritual or the woo. Because I could talk about the woo all day long. And then some of you will totally get it. And other ones are going to be like, huh, that shit makes no sense. I thought this was a business and money podcast. It is, right? So I will give you the practical and then I will give you the woo. And then of course, I'll give you the journal prompts and just like I've said in the last couple episodes, if you want to dive deeper into this, go ahead and click on the show notes. It'll redirect you to where you can go ahead and buy the journal workbook. You can go and you can listen to this a couple times. As you, you all know, I'm deeply obsessed with journaling everything out because for me, it's the fastest way my brain can kind of reorganize everything and it clicks. So I would encourage you to grab the workbook re-listen to this episode and kind of follow along and journal it out and, and see what comes up for you so that you can go ahead and make the shift in a clean, fast manner versus a slow, clunky, drawn out manner. So let's dive in. Who is benefiting from you staying small? And when I say that to you, obviously someone is coming into your head, right? I want you to, I want you to think of that person or that thought or, or that scenario or that relationship or that boss or whoever it is, right? I want you to think about it and I want you to kind of use that as what you're going to use as your examples throughout this episode. But let's think of it. Let's take it even a step further back, but you know, before you get there. So all of us are called to expand in different areas. So my dad's going to be called to expand in one area. Ben's going to be called to expand in one area. Um, my mom's going to be called to expand in one area. I'm going to be called to expand in a different area. All of us have your unique callings and there are costs when we choose to ignore them. There's obviously the emotional cost of feeling like you lost out or feeling lack or um, it can sometimes even burn into jealousy. There is the financial cost because normally there is a financial reward of some type that comes to you. Um, sometimes it's a monetary reward. Sometimes it's a time reward, but there is a reward that comes to you, right? So, 
I don't think that it is good or it is healthy to stay small. And it's scary because a lot of people, it doesn't matter that woo is a lot more normal. It doesn't matter that spirituality is a lot more normal. It's not necessarily the most common thing in the world to go to Thanksgiving dinner and say, hey, yeah, I got called on by the universe to go ahead and expand and build a podcast. So yeah, I'm going to go ahead and build a podcast. I'm going to talk about money. I'm going to talk about business. I'm going to talk about spirituality. I'm going to create courses around it. I'm going to create workbooks around it. I'm going to reach hundreds of thousands of people and it's going to like change some lives. Like had I had sat down and said that at the Thanksgiving dinner table, everyone probably would have looked at me and been like, oh, Maggie, that's cool. And then in the background, they would have been like, this bitch is crazy. You know, obviously my mom would have been like, of course, my darling, you were called on by God and you, you stand in your truth. And my mom's like all into the woo. So my mom would have been backing me. My husband would have been like, my wife has lost her damn mind. Why are we talking about this at the dinner table? Why are we talking about this in front of people that don't even understand or believe in her? Man, she's going to get ridiculed. My dad would have been like, did she finally try weed for the first time? Like, did someone slip her a drink? Why is she talking about this? How is she even planning on doing this? She has no ex expertise, blah, blah, blah. So like everyone in the brother would have had their own weird opinions. And it's not necessarily that they're trying to hurt me or keep me down or any of that. You know, my family for the most part is very supporting. My in-laws are very supporting my, because most of my family has passed, but like I have a really good quote unquote support network, even if they don't understand what I'm doing, they at least appreciate the fact that I'm doing something with passion, right? And obviously I choose to sell certain, certain people, certain things just because, you know, they, some of them will understand and some of them won't and that's okay. But out of all of that, who is benefiting in that scenario from staying small? Everyone in the family and it, what it costs is it. It's costing me. It's costing me because I had a desire on my heart for years before I ever created the podcast. I had a desire on my heart to create a podcast. But instead, I figured out every excuse in the book to not do it. Oh, and this was even before um, Anchor was a thing. So what I could have done is I totally could have recorded the audio. I could have put a, a graphic to it. And then I could have put it on YouTube. And yeah, it's not a video per se in the traditional manner. But it could have had a podcast on YouTube well before Anchor and all these other platforms were even a thing. So everyone else is benefiting because I fit into the pattern. I fit into the groove. I'm talking about things that are comfortable, easy, safe. I'm not really rocking the boat per se, but I am the cost. My emotions, my passions, my desires, my beliefs, my deep, deep calling to go ahead and make things clearer and easier so people can, can shift faster is the cost out of all of this. So it set me back emotionally or even spiritually and obviously financially years because I was too afraid. So a lot of it has come back to in, in so many different areas. If you can figure out how to make yourself feel safe, you'll shift faster. So whatever that means, right? So again, I started to feel safe by paying other people to teach me things I didn't know. Again, that's why I have one of my favorite coffee mugs ever is I hire People to teach me what I don't know. No, what I don't know, I hire someone to teach me. It's one of my favorite sayings in the entire world because that is how I started to feel safe. It's like, okay, well, if I can't figure out how to do this or I need to mimic something, someone, um, I'm going to trust, ironically, I'm going to trust someone more if I have to pay for the item 
because I feel like they're going to bring their A game versus if I just do this random freebie that they might have half-assed. So if you can figure out whatever it is that you need to start feeling safe in a unsafe environment, you're going to shift, you're going to change. And the other part of it too is there's all of these tools and benefits that I have learned by not staying small once I decided to not stay small. So let me let me clarify that a little for you, right? So now that I have had this is episode number 58. I know in the, you know, in the sense of what does it take to run a podcast? What does it take to record audio? What type of room should I be in? Oh, by the way, the, the dogs jingle in the background. Maybe I should wait until they're a little sleepy. And so they don't clink, you know, as much with their dog collars. Um, I know what it's like to create and publish consistent content. I know what it's like to create workbooks. I know what it's like to create a, a smooth customer experience. So there's all of these things that I have learned by not staying small. And where it comes down to is some people are going to want you to stay small because they just don't understand. So I've, I've heard this examples or not examples. I've heard this phrase of just don't talk to people that don't get you, right? I don't know that I necessarily agree with it. I think you need to be mindful of what you're sharing and what level you're sharing. So most of my family, pretty much all, all my immediate family knows I do a podcast, but unless they really show interest in it, I'm not like diving in and saying, yeah, episode number blah, 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 did this and did that. And I created this workbook and I did this link and I did that and I did that because it's just not what we are sharing. So it's not them trying to keep me small. It's not them trying to hurt me or not support me. It's just not something that the two of us share. So what can I talk, talk about instead that we share? So like my mother-in-law, for example, um, one of the things that we share is we love to kind of cook together. So I have very fond memories of in my teenage years um, when Ben and I were dating um, Christmas time, she would do like 20, like legitimately 25 different types of cookies, not 25 cookies, 25 different types of cookies. And then on average, she would do like five or six fudges. And this woman, like it was a production. It, it took her days and she had it timed out. Like the oven was like constantly going about it. I mean, it was, it was an amazing, beautiful production. And so in my teenage years, that was something that even though there was a lot of things we didn't have in common or we came from completely different cultural backgrounds, that was something that the two of us bonded over. So instead of, uh, you know, trying to make her more Spanish or having her try and make me less Spanish or more white or any of those things, we just bonded over something that we did together, which was baking. And I have tons of fond memories. I unfortunately don't have a ton of pictures, but I have a ton of fond memories of making all of these cookies. And then I think I was, I remember, I think it was like 18. So 16, I, I saw her make all these cookies. 17, I got to interact and do like be a part of the production. Right. And then on my, I think it was like year when I was 18, she ended up starting to ask me like, Oh, what cookies do you want? And so I think I got to pick like five or 10 of the cookies. And so like we made ginger snap and all these cookies were from scratch. Not like, Oh, I'm going to buy a box of uh, Duncan Hines and we're going to make a thing of cookies. No, no, we, we figured out how to make these cookies from scratch. So it's, it's a matter of when you have a relationship with someone that doesn't understand, or maybe have a relationship with someone that could maybe clash. It's, it's about finding the thing you guys can bond over instead so that you do have some variation of a solid, a solid relationship, even if there's other things you drastically don't agree on or drastically just don't understand or 
kind of care, you know, like my mother-in-law, she loves like these certain types of plants. And for years she did orchids. And I was like, why is she doing orchids? And I never could understand it. I mean, it was, again, it's a plant, like who cares? But you know, you figure out the things of how to go ahead and bond over each other and then bond together. So we just bonded over baking. We bonded over cooking. We bonded over, you know, whenever there was a family function, like, okay, I would make this and she would make that. And the, oh, I did this subtle tweak and she did this subtle tweak and we would talk about it. So I don't want you to think that, you know, when someone is benefiting from you, benefiting from you staying small, it's that they're trying to put you down. I think it's just a matter of changing your perspective and finding something that you two can bond over. Because majority of the time, not everyone, clearly, but majority of the time, people are not necessarily out to get you. You just, I don't even want to say you can't bring your full self to the equation. I, I just want you to be mindful of who you're bringing to the equation. What variation of you are you bringing to the equation? And so like in um, Spanish culture, and um, I think sometimes in black culture a little, um, it's called code switching of where, you know, you might, you know, I used to get teased about this all the time as a kid. I, I talked white. I didn't act Spanish enough. I didn't, you know, around my Spanish friends, I didn't speak Spanish. I spoke English instead. I have no tangible accent. You know, sometimes there's even like a little bit of a Southern twang in there. So it's, it's not, again, it's not about staying small for the benefit of someone else. It's just about bringing the appropriate self to that equation, to that scenario. And then, the other part of it too is finding who you need to bring your full self to. So I bring my full crazy ass self to my husband. I have a handful of friends that I bring my full on crazy self and that I talk to all the time. And we talk about everything from the woo to the spiritual, to the, the financial, to the practical, to the, the desires and all of that. And so staying small has no longer been a part of the equation because like I was saying earlier in the episode, I, I have learned how to, not stay small because it was safer to be who I needed to be. It was safer to listen to the calling to expand. It was safer to go ahead and experiment. It was safer to try. It was safer to be willing to receive, um, you know, emotional support, financial support, spiritual support in, in conjunction with the universe. All of these things started over time to feel safer because again, I go back to the consequence or the cost was sometimes my body, Sometimes my emotions, sometimes financial opportunities that I miss that you obviously you can't go backwards and redo. So there was always a cost to it. And I'm like, well, this shit sucks. Clearly, I'm not rocking the cost. It's not something what I want to recreate over and over again. So hmm, let's try something different. Let me not stay small. Let me be bolder, be more unapologetic. Let me be more me. And let's see what happens. And it's not necessarily like, oh, let me be more me, let my freak show, you know, flag or whatever show. And therefore, uh, you know, my world is perfect. It's just a matter of you start to get comfortable with who you are. You start to get comfortable bringing your A game to scenarios. You start to get comfortable setting boundaries. You start to get comfortable building a life or even maybe sometimes in some areas course correcting a life of what you thought in your head would be happening to something that you're like, oh, wow, this came out better than I even thought possible. Um, so, yeah, I feel like for this one, we're going to jump into the journal prompts a little early because I'll, I'll probably just explain a little bit deeper into these. Um, this is definitely more of a spiritual podcast than I was expecting to come out of me, to be honest. Um, so let's go ahead and dive in 
jump right in into the journal prompts. See, there I am being myself. I stutter and I just keep rocking on. Um, journal prompt number one is where did you learn that staying small was safe? So for me, I learned that staying small was safe because it let me blend in. It um, made sure that I didn't get picked on. It made sure for the most part um, I, you know, got the results I was looking for. So I had this very early on confirmation bias that, oh, well, if you just blend in, if you just don't stand out, then everything's okay. Everything's safe. Everything just keeps on rolling. It doesn't matter the cost to you. Because just like I've always said, there's a cost and there's a benefit to everything that we're doing. They both have to be worth it, right? So I want you to kind of play around with it and let it roll in the back of your head if it hasn't come to you. Where, who, what taught you that staying small was safe? Because sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes identifying that can really unlock the rest of it a lot faster. Sometimes it does. Sometimes you don't even need it. And you're like, oh. Uh, staying small was safe because that's what my mom taught me because that's all she knew. And, and, you know, there's a generational, uh, lack or is a generational fear that can get passed down, which I always can understand. I mean, again, being a Spanish person, we, we have the talk and, you know, I had, ex I didn't have to explain that to Ben with him not being Spanish and him being white. Um, but I've had to explain that to, cause obviously he, we grew up in the same world, literally, but I've had to explain it to like coworkers and colleagues and stuff like that of like, you know, no, we have different conversations. Like I have different fears around this and around that. And, you know, you don't understand a couple of years ago, my mom, before she was living out in Okeechobee with us, it, obviously my, her and my dad were, you know, they didn't live out here yet with Ben and I, um, there was, uh, some raids going on about rounding up illegals and shipping them back to um, Mexico and putting them in like border patrol, I think it what it was. And obviously I'm a normal legal US citizen. I was born in New York, I have a birth certificate, blah, blah, blah. But because of the color of my skin and because of the county I live in, there's a lot of Hispanic people and I kind of blended in. So my mom, again, a generational thing that she learned, my mom was like, okay, well, don't go out at night. If you do go out, make sure someone else is with you, preferably someone else that's white, and don't go anywhere without your driver's license on you. I don't want you getting rounded up because you look Spanish and no one believing that you're a U.S. citizen. So I, I deeply understand where a generational fear can come from. So, you know, what, what things in that example did I do to go ahead and change that? First off, it kind of broke my heart that my mom had to have that conversation with me and that she had this, this deep fear that I was going to get rounded up just because of the color of my skin. Um, but the other practical things I had was, okay, fine. This is a thing it's going on, whether it affects me because of the color of my skin or not, it is a thing. So let me go ahead and not let this hold me back. Let me, if I do go out, I'm going to go out with friends or I'm going to go out where there's people that know me. I will have identification on me because it's just a smart thing to do because I'm a normal U.S. citizen and normal U.S. citizens should have, for the most part, if they're driving age, their driver's license on them, especially if they're driving. You know, so I, I did all these little things so that the cost of staying small didn't make sense. But, you know, sometimes that generational, that generational fear can be the, the, the starting point of, well, if I just stay small in this area, it's easier to stay small in all these other areas. Um, and it doesn't necessarily need to be that way. Of course, there's going to be realities that we can't control, but 
there's also the other part of the the realities that we can control. I still could go out at night, but maybe I needed to be a little smarter about it. I still could go do X, Y, and Z, but maybe I needed to, you know, tell people where I was going and have identification on me. Not because I had to conform or not because I was afraid, just because it made sense. Like, why wouldn't I want identification on me? God forbid something happened and I got into a car accident. I'd want them to know who I am, not that I was just some random person. So it was not about staying small or being fearful. It was about being smart and being educated in regards to my surroundings. So if staying small, ooh, as I almost fall off my chair, if staying small is a generational fear that has been either ingrained in you, taught in you, or passed down to you, I get where, I get, I get where you're coming from. But there's still ways that you can evolve in a smart manner to be mindful of realities but not make it something that holds you back. So journal prompt number two is going to be, how is it holding currently holding you back? So let's use the, the round, got it. And I wasn't expecting to tell that story, but let's use the whole roundup scenario, right? I could have used that as a, a way to hold me back, but I didn't. Um, I just talked about that. So let me actually dig into something slightly different. So, Staying small could have meant, let's shift into something not so dark and evil of, as being rounded up, even though I'm a U.S. citizen because of the color of my skin. Um, you know, let's use the podcast. So if I had stayed small because it was safe to not speak out, if it was easier to not worry about being judged online or any of those things, right? How was, how was that, if I had not done the podcast, how was that current, currently holding me back? So it would have been... I had all these ideas, which it was. I had all these ideas. I had all these emotions. I had all these feelings that I never could teach because you can't teach all of this one-to-one. You can only teach this as a one-to-many. There's no way I could sit down individually with every single one of you, have the exact same conversation, give you all of the journal prompts, give you all the resources, give you everything I have, and do it one-to-one and not figure out how to do it through a podcast. So it's more than just me holding myself back. It's how are the lives I'm, I'm supposed to impact, the lives I'm supposed to help, the people I'm supposed to inspire. How are those people not going to be inspired because I don't show up? So it goes back to that cost of, okay, well, if I don't show up, if I do hold myself back, then the cost is all of these people don't get affected in the way that they could, you know, possibly be positively affected and therefore it's not worth it. So how is that, that what is making you stay small and you know, what's holding you back? How is that currently actually holding you back? Like I want you to write it out. So I would have written out staying small means I don't help people. Staying small means I die with all of this knowledge inside of me. Staying small means that I have a fear and I never have to worry about showing up because it's just safer this way. Staying small means that um, I don't have to put the effort in. Staying small means I never have to wonder if this really would have worked or not. Staying small means that blank, blank, blank. That's that's kind of how I would have answered question number two is how is it currently holding me back? Because I want to identify that so then I can shift it, right? So instead of picking apart every single thing and shifting each and every one of those things, I don't want you to do that. I just want you to be mindful of what your current brain is thinking in regards to you staying small. But journal prompt number three is going to be, is there someone you want to model going big after? And this is where that phrase, you know, what I don't know, I hire someone to teach me. So 
and I've said this over and over again, hiring someone to teach me doesn't necessarily always mean paying money. Sometimes it meant buying a course or buying a book or buying a workbook or buying a program or buying a cup or, or buying a, a, a widget. Sometimes it meant that. Other times it meant um, stalking someone's social media. Sometimes it meant... Uh, totally stalking their website. Sometimes it meant binge watching all of their YouTube videos. Sometimes it meant watching their TV shows. Sometimes it meant figuring how figuring out how to just be in their energy, whether it was being friends with them or consuming their content or or doing something where I could f- I could figure out what what is it that they're doing that's calling to me. And I want you to identify people that you would love to have their, not, not say their success, but how they show up, you'd love to mimic that. So for me, it has been Katrina Roof for sure. She's very different and I love how different she is in showing up. Um, Denise Duffield, uh, hold on, let me actually look. Um, Amanda Francis is clearly one of them. I, I deeply love and, uh, and obsessed with her work. Um, her name, yeah, Denise Duffield Thomas. She's another one that I was not expecting in the slightest to be like, ooh, I really like how she does certain things. I really like how she does X, Y, and Z. Um, and there's another person which no one probably would even think of is Kai Rizdal from um, Marketplace and APM and um, Make Me Smart and, you know, all the podcasts that he's on. I you know, he's someone that I admire. And so I've written down and I've been mindful of these people. And obviously over time they've changed, you know, sometimes it was certain fitness people. Sometimes it was certain, you know, fitness friends or whatever the scenario was. So these people have changed, but I want you to kind of make a list of who those people are, because for general prompt number four, uh, the prompt would be, is this Oh, what is it? God, I can't even read my handwriting. What is it that they do that you admire and why? So let's go back to Kai Rizdal, right? Kai Rizdal has, I, I pr- pretty much have like every single one of his podcasts on my uh, Stitcher account. So he's got um, Corner Office, he's got Marketplace, and he's got Make Me Smart. Those are the three podcasts that he regularly contributes to. I love that he's doing multiple podcasts. Like that is totally enticing. I love that he talks about business. I love that he talks about, um, you know, when he talks about the bond, again, the bond market, like if you've ever, if you haven't listened to it, like it, it, I would start with make me smart. Cause it's a really good fun one, but like the economical geek in me loves marketplace because he talks about the bond market and yields and the tenure Tino and inflation and all of these things that in a million years, I never would have thought would have been my vibe, but apparently it is my vibe. And I am religiously listening to his content for the last four or five years now. So I love him and I love going, like, I would want to model going big after him because no matter what the topic is he's talking about, he figures out a way to bring his passion to it. So when he talks about his stint in the Navy, he brings his passion to it. When he talks about the fact that he loves science and going to space and, and all of those things, like, he brings his passion to it. When he talks, again, about the freaking bond market, which you would think would be the most boring-ass conversation ever, he brings his passion to it. So I, I love, again, this is, so number four is, why do you admire them? It's Kai Rizdal. I love that he brings his passion to whatever he is talking about, even if it's something that's not necessarily the most sexiest idea. So that would be Kai's. Amanda Francis 
I just love how unapologetic she is about how she does things. If it doesn't feel good to her, if it doesn't make sense, she doesn't apologize. She doesn't follow market trends. She just does it differently. She's like, yep, this is how I'm going to do it because this is what makes sense. And this is how I'm willing to show up. I love that about her. Katrina Ruth. Katrina Ruth is constantly, constantly creating content over and over and over. I mean, this woman creates more content in a day than I probably create in like a month. And I love that about her because she doesn't throttle back her passion. So she's gotten in a habit and in a pattern and in a, in a vibe of, well, I'm going to do this, 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 and this every single day. And that's just the thing. And that's just how I'm going to be. And that's just how I'm going to show up. So I deeply love that about her. Denise Duffield, I can't say the poor woman's name, Denise Duffield Thomas. I really like how for years she's talked about batching content and creating rhythms and cycles to where she can create all of the things that are on her heart, but she does it in a way that doesn't burn her out. So I want you to be that granular as to what are they doing? Why is it that you want to model them? And like, what, what, what is the thing? Not like, oh, she has a pretty Instagram feed. So maybe instead of a pretty Instagram feed, it should be, you know, I love the way that her, her, her social media reflects who she is. And you're, you might be thinking, well, how does this benefit me by not staying small? If, if for me, what I have noticed is if you are staying small in an area, so let's say showing up online, because that's a, again, a much lighter example than you know being rounded up for the color of your skin but if and that's something that's okay so that's very Katrina Ruth I don't know if I hadn't modeled her if I even would have shared that story because it would have been like oh well it's going to be polarizing and I'm going to have people that are not going to understand and some people are going to think I'm asking for sympathy and it's not it's just a matter of bringing my full self and my full experience, just like Katrina Ruth does, just like Amanda Francis does, to everything I do, to my passion of teaching, which Kai Rizdal does. And creating this content on a night where I have high energy is another way I'm modeling Denise. So all of these things are helping me build the blocks of what I need so that I don't stay small. Because sometimes it's dogs clinking in the background and other times staying small is just because you don't have really good examples. So number five is what steps can you use to make this the new default when you feel that you're called to expand? So when you are staying small in the area and you're feeling the calling, whatever the calling is, whatever area or whatever category of your life it is, you know, sometimes, at least for me, it's always been like, well, I'm better at understanding it if I can model someone else and then for me I can kind of try out I always joke like I'm a little magpie I love to kind of pick things that work um, and pick one little thing from this person pick one little thing from that person so I use that as kind of like the building blocks in a sense to say like okay let's try all of these things and see what works and then I'll keep what works and I'll let go of the rest so I want you to model people that are doing something that you admire. And and I've even talked about this. It was, I think, episode number like 55 or 56. I can't remember off the top of my head. But, you know, obviously when you feel jealous of someone else's result, that's what it was. I think it was episode number 55. When you, you know, feeling about, feeling jealous about someone else's results. That is genuinely an indication that you're like, hmm, they're doing something that either I feel like I can't do, I feel like I'm not allowed to do, or I wish I could do and I don't know how. So, you know, this is where that list comes to, come into play of, oh, they are getting to show up this way and I'd really love to do that. And this is where, number five, I want you to start writing out what would that look like if you showed up that way. 
What steps, and this is where I say the word steps, what steps can you use to mimic someone that you deeply admire? So where Kai Rizdal brings his passion to all of the things he talks about online, well, what steps can I do? That means I can show up authentically. That means I can have really good show notes to keep me on track. Um, that means I can go ahead and talk in, about, you know, things with deep passion, whether it's woo, whether it's business, just like he talks between the, the bond market and, you know, watching people go to space. Like I can bring my level of passion to those same things. I've used his, his, um, presence as a, a step of like, okay, well, no matter what he talks about, he's very passionate about it. Or no matter what he talks about, he tries to educate people and bring everyone along for the ride and not exclude anyone. So those are the steps that I want you to kind of write out that make sense for you, because those are the steps that you're going to take to get you out of being small. Because it goes back to, it's not just, again, about who's benefiting. It's also the, the other half of it is what is it costing you? And some of this stuff might be a really fast, easy shift, and some of it might be really, really hard. So maybe for me, it was a pretty easy shift in regards to bringing my passion into things, but showing up as unapologetic as uh, Katrina Ruth and just letting go of things that don't work and only focusing on what does work for me, like Amanda Francis does, those two were super hard. Like it took me I don't know, it depends on the scenario, but it took me, a, you know, a country hot minute, as I like to say, to go ahead and just give myself permission to do all of those things. And I necessarily didn't even do that until I started recognizing, well, what is this costing me? Oh, by not showing up and, you know, telling you guys stories, you may not have, you know, recognized that, you know, parents have conversations with their kids, you know, when you are a certain color of skin of what that might look like. You may, you know, when I told one of my friends that she was genuinely mortified and she's like, Oh my God, how blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, bro, like, what do you mean? How this is like a normal part of my existence. So sharing my culture never would have been an option. Sharing my good and bad struggles never would have been an option. Bringing my passion in regards to money, business, finance, and the woo never would have been an option. So there's all of these costs. And the biggest cost would have been to me that I would have, burned up inside knowing that there was more for me to give there was more for me to show up there was more that I could have done and I was too afraid not to and because of it my life would have felt very unfulfilled obviously I've got my family obviously I've got my husband obviously I've got pride and passion in the work that I do but there still would have been something missing and that's where I go back to if you feel that calling because I felt this calling well before I started the podcast. But when you start to feel that calling, I want you to go back to who is it that you admire? Why do you admire them? And maybe that can start helping lead you out of the, you know, the, the, the fake safety of being small. And it can kind of lead you where you want to go. Because sometimes, had you, had you told me 10 years ago, hey, Maggie, you'd have a podcast going and you'd have 58 episodes plus and you would have hit this number and done this and done that. You would have helped these people and you would have created these courses. I would have been like, there's no ever living freaking way that I could have done that. And I would have been, I would have been controlled by the fear of, oh my God, how do I even get there? So instead of letting the fear take over you, which again, leads you back into staying small, I want you to start following the breadcrumbs that the universe is trying to throw at you. So sometimes it starts with a whisper. Um, it's the whisper of, hey. Hey, hey, the universe is trying to get your attention. And maybe you've been ignoring the whispers. Um, I would deeply recommend that you don't. 
but <laughs> because the consequences are not fun. But like, you know, maybe you're ignoring the whispers, but maybe you can catch it because before it becomes like a boulder getting chucked at you and like just swipes you out, right? Maybe you can catch it at like the little mini pebbles, or maybe you've kind of been ignoring the pebbles and you, you catch it at like the smaller rocks, you know, but whatever level you're at, if you're feeling that call, if you're feeling it, then instead of ignoring it, putting your head in the sand and, and you know, lying to yourself and saying, well, it's safe to stay small, it's safe to stay small, what I'd want you to do is unshrug your shoulders, like, you know, physically right now, unshrug your shoulders, shake your neck out, right? And then I want you to turn around in your head and face whoever is representing or whatever is representing the universe and say, okay, I'm willing to show up. What would you have me do? It's the whole, um, what is it? A Course in Miracles. What would you have me do? What would you have me say type of mindset? It's, you know, what do you want me to do? What are you, how are you trying to get my attention? Can you maybe help me out and be a little more clear in regards to why you're calling my attention? Can you help me a little bit? Can you can you give me a trail of breadcrumbs to follow until I can kind of get the hang of what you're trying to tell me? Because sometimes the universe is a little messy in, in, in her execution. Um, it's, I don't know, I don't want to say it's not her fault. Like sometimes it is her fault. But sometimes you need to learn as part of the journey. You need to learn to pay attention to these you know, whispers, these, you know, these rocks, these pebbles. So then that way she's not like, you know what? I just threw three boulders at you in the last five years. I'm kind of exhausted, you know? So yeah, I'm going to throw a boulder at you every single time. Cause apparently you don't know how to freaking listen. You know, I want you to get good at listening. I want you to good at recognizing that staying small is the biggest cost of all. I want you to get good at recognizing who do you love, why do you love, and how can you incorporate that into who you are because it's always who you were meant to be. You just needed to give yourself permission to show up. So then I guess that's how we're going to wrap it up. I want you to fully give yourself permission to show up and listen to how you're being called in whatever sense that means. And if you need to dive deeper into this, you know the drill. Go ahead and grab the workbook. The link is in the show notes. It's a downloadable PDF. You can print it out. You can mock it up. You can do it on your computer. You can go back and re-listen to this episode and kind of journal along with it. Whatever works for you that gets you into the, the, the space, both physically and spiritually, of being fully ready to show up because you deserve it. So yeah, that's where we're going to end. All right, I'll talk to you later. Bye. Have a burning question for me? Want that link I was talking about? Get access to all the resources and links that were mentioned in this episode and others over at margaretstevens.co. And if you haven't, don't forget to sign up for my VIP list where I share special bonuses, pre-launch coupon codes, and advice I don't share anywhere else. Thanks for listening.